animus, distaste, loathing, abomination, animosity, dislike, repulsion, ritual, at times of regret or weakness, we can feel varying degrees of hate creep into our thoughts. At night, when we're alone, the mind can revisit events, conversations, outcomes, and that opens a can of worms which can run riot through your mind, filling you with dread. And this instills a behavior pattern within our minds, one that sticks like glue and creeps around like damp in our thoughts. There are an ever-growing number of us, of those who have these feelings every day, all day. Those underlying deep-rooted feelings that we're not just not good at anything, not good enough for anyone. Rotten to the core and constantly finding fault with everything we see about ourselves. Over time, this feeling of hate creeps into our every fiber of our being. Hello folks, and welcome to The Theseus Project, a podcast about men's mental health and our attempt at breaking the stigma surrounding it. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. Today's topic, self-hate. Now, no one is born hating themselves. It's a learned pattern of thinking and behaviors that results from disappointments, negative experiences, abuses, neglect, and the overwhelming or powerful desire to protect yourself from future pain. Poor or negative self-image is something that I have historically suffered with since I was a child, and has been with me for many years. That critical inner voice of mine, to this day, tears through most of my thoughts always leaving any well-earned success or successes destroyed and in tatters with toxic comments like you could have done better or you should have done x y better or i bet they're all laughing at me and you're really bad at this this contamination of self-loathing creeps into my self-image my performance my career my personal life how successful or unsuccessful I am, my sex life, how I dress, what clothes I wear, how fat I am, how strong I am, what music I like, and what my beard looks like, and so on and so on. However, I have wise counsel for you this evening, and whilst I draw upon my experiences of what made me feel this way, I will provide you with some ideas and tips on how to push back against these dark, evil, energy-sucking and intruding thoughts. In this podcast, I'll open up about my experiences of self-hate, how I view myself and what I have issue with in terms of my own body and my own mind and the overall impact of hating yourself with its risks and its impact to your own mental health and well-being. Again, Like my previous podcasts, this will contain aspects of my youth growing up and early development, moving into my career and my life. I honestly appreciate you spending your time listening to me. Please remember that I'm doing this by being open and honest so others can learn, not just men, 
Even though I focus on men's mental health, I want others to think of their own experiences whilst listening to my own. I'm under no illusions that there are many, many others that have had worst events happen to them. And if that's you, please understand that this podcast is meant to honour you. And hopefully you realise what I'm trying to do to empower you to stand up, be noticed and to heal. By self-reflecting and by pushing out this content, I really want to be able to help others. So please grab your drink of choice and let's begin. And before we get underway, I, I need to ask a favour of you. Please don't forget to subscribe so you can grab all of the upcoming video, uh, upcoming episodes of the Thesis Podcast. Also, if possible, please feel free to leave us a five-star review. That will really help us out and keep the algorithm happy. So hating yourself, a toxic inner voice, or perhaps something else? According to Dr. Lisa Firestone and Joyce Catlett's book, Conquer Your Critical Inner Voice, the causes of self-loathing lie in the past when, as children, we were trying to cope with our lives in any way possible. They claim that the nature and the degree of the division within ourselves depends on the parenting we received and the environment we experienced. Children of all ages pay particular attention to and are affected by even small instances of parental anger, leaving quite an imprint on people's lives. Now, I certainly can't dispute their findings. Over the years, I've become numb to the cutting, critical thoughts as a result of the lack of parenting that I received, and they're as natural to me now as breathing. However, I think that whilst it may have started in my childhood, it wasn't until I was exposed to the wider outside world that I cemented this critical over-interpretation of my behaviour into my being. Listeners of this podcast have heard me mention before about me hating myself a few times. This hate is a result of years of telling myself that I'm not good enough, being laughed at by people for being tall, but being fat, ugly, having strangers comment a bit about me looking or acting a certain way, failed past relationships, losing friendships due to miscommunication or lack of communication for unknown reasons, which means it must have been something to do with me, right? I mean, they don't want to talk to me, so I did that, right? So as you can see, my hate list is quite long and in hindsight, upsetting and disturbing. So much so that upon reflection, this self-hate has eaten into every facet of my being, from how I dress, talk, act. I'm so guarded these days that the way I walk has been misconstrued as defensive by some people. Hell, even my online gaming persona has the word ugly in it. Your personal belief about your own self-image is so powerful that it can have actual physical manifestations and impact your physical well-being, producing a varying list of symptoms. These symptoms include over or under-eating, physical neglect, such as not exercising or washing or generally looking after yourself, self-defeating talk, 
everything you do is the worst. Isolation, cutting off or removal of family or friends. Self-sacrifice, working extremely long hours to make up for poor self-image. Substance abuse, sabotage, such as sabotaging relationships for the justification of the hate you feel. Being chronically insecure around others. Poor posture, stooping and generally acting low. Depression and or anxiety. Apologizing for everything, such as having an opinion, expressing a concern, speaking up about an issue, talking about a subject you know and understand a lot about. And harsh self-talk, which I suppose could be put underneath the self-defeating talk, but I put this under its own heading here because I think referring to yourself as stupid and dumb and have their own um, everlasting impacts on you. And to be fair, in hindsight, the last one I often catch myself doing and I struggle to stop doing that each day. So, okay, let's do the dirty. What do I hate about myself? Now, I'm a big guy, so I hate how big and tall I am. I'm six foot seven inches, 20 stone, size 15 feet. And not a day goes by without some stranger making a comment. I find that I stand out wherever I go. I only recently, within the last couple of years at least, I started to laugh off that not everybody is pointing a finger and laughing at me and everybody thinks I'm a freak. It could be just their way of starting up a conversation. Number two, I hate how disconnected I feel around others. I could be in a room full of people I love, yet I want to be sat out in the garden alone. I love listening to the voices and sounds of people I respect, having fun and enjoying themselves. I just don't feel that I'm qualified enough to be part of it. At parties, events, weddings, etc., I'll be found outside, just outside the earshot, listening to the music, feeling like I'm not good enough to be with the others. I've been told I'm wrong, but the overwhelming feeling of not being good enough is always there. Number three, I doubt my skills. Every time I do a piece of work, I call into question everything that I've done to achieve it. Overanalyzing, checking and rechecking results in my desperate attempt at perfectionism. I want to be able to push this over the line with everything considered, no loose ends. However, sometimes the pursuit of perfection is what stops you from actually achieving anything. I find myself constantly questioning and apologizing when I shouldn't have. I set my bar so high that I struggle to ever hit them. And I feel like an imposter in my own skin. Number four, I make the simplest of things overly complicated. This can range from doing simple DIY tasks, holding a presentation for a room full of people, or even just cooking myself some food. Just getting up in the morning and think about what to do with my day can end up on multiple pages of A4 with notes and structure, bullet points and actions before I even make a cup of coffee. And number five, 
sense of shame about my career. I didn't have a clue about what I wanted to do when I was at school. And in most cases, I still don't. I've pivoted to so many different things in my career that I've become a jack of all trades instead of becoming a master of just one. See others making more money, having structure and doing well for themselves and I hate myself. Comparison with others can drive you to make assumptions that are completely wrong. And I must remember this because no doubt I am probably completely wrong, but it doesn't stop that feeling of shame cropping in and self-doubt. So where does my self-hate or self-loathing come from? Due to being human, we are all subject to potentially difficult upbringings. We have all been subject to situations and times in which we were made to feel like we were somehow bad or inadequate or desperately needing to prove otherwise. As I stated earlier in this podcast, the sense of self-loathing can come from being rejected when you're younger. So I took the time to try and find out why I feel this way. And one such event sticks out more than any other. When my parents divorced in my early childhood, I distinctly remember begging my father to go with him and live with him on the phone. I pleaded and despite my my requests, fought through tears I might add that and the fact that he knew what I was going to be subjected to he declined it said no he didn't want me to live with him now I understand that he had another family that he was waiting for him and he didn't want to complicate it further by adding me to the mix that decision of mine to beg him for mercy released from what both he and even a very young version of myself was knew what was going to happen it had a long lasting impact on me as my mother took advantage of years of that up until her death she made it clear that i wasn't wanted by my father and she didn't want me either she used to scream at the top of her lungs that she hated me and i wasn't good enough for anything and that i was scum I remember being sat on the stairs as a child crying as she stood there laughing and screaming hate at me that I wasn't wanted, wasn't good enough. I was a mistake. My mother gave birth to me when she was 17 years old, so she got pregnant when she was 16. Very young, very young parent, um, which is probably nothing by today's standards, but back then in the mid to late 70s I suppose it was considered something else she would often hold her face close to mine and she would hurl poisonous words which at the time must have seemed bad and left lasting damage on my very personality that laid the groundwork and from then onwards I think I managed to do a lot of the damage myself I keep having to remind myself that she was very mentally ill. She had numerous issues and it didn't make it easier, but I understand why things happened the way they did and while I feel a certain way. The thing is, this feeling of self-loathing often feels like your own conscious is the one doing the damage, 
the critical voice coming from inside, but this is wrong. Your conscious or gut feeling when you've had enough to drink or if you should ask someone out on a date is actually looking out for your best interest. Your conscious tells you when something is right or wrong. This critical feeling, this nagging voice of self-doubt and self-loathing is the after effect, the rot that comes along after you've done something right or good for someone else or achieved something or done something you've enjoyed. It's the one thing that comes along and says that you are not good enough. The good news is, I understand that this isn't right. We have control. We have the power to push these thoughts out of our mind's eye. So, what you say about yourself matters. Remember that. What you say about to yourself matters and what about yourself matters. Try to treat yourself with compassion, respect and encouragement. Think about how you would talk to family and friends and think of yourself in the same vein. Be open and honest with your feelings, but remember to be objective. Become aware of your negative self-talk when you feel down and depressed. Understand that you are aware of these feelings know that something is happening, recognize it, accept it, and then you can start to move to address it. Talking negative about yourself can lead to an increased risk of mental health issues, and it only fuels any issues that are already present. Focusing on these negative thoughts impact your motivation as well as leading to greater feelings of hopelessness or helplessness often finishing off with depression. Negative talk and self-hate reduces your ability to identify and execute on potential opportunities. And the more you think about something that you can't do, the more you believe it. So what can you do to attempt to combat this negative self-image, this hate, this negative self-talk? I've captured a few notes here, so I hope it goes and you, I hope it goes well. I hope you find these helpful. So number one, limit the use of social media. Stop comparing yourself to others. It's not a race. Keeping up with the Joneses is a fool's game. Number two, remember that thoughts and feelings are not always reality. Your mind can and will often lie to you. Trust your gut when your heart and head are telling you something that doesn't quite sound right. Number three, change how you use social media. I use my personal Instagram as a way to reflect on fun events, successes and time spent with family and friends, epic wins and things that I'm proud of, much like this podcast. Number four, understand that this is a personal exercise. That inner voice needs to change, accept that. It's your own opinion and it's about yourself and that needs to change. Number five, keep a picture of something you're proud of. This could be anything that brings you joy. Pull it out when you feel you need a boost. Pictures of happy events work for me and I pull it up on my phone whenever I feel down and it always picks me up. Again, this goes back to point three of changing how you use social media. Instagram is a great way of recording things that you like and things that you've done. 
Number six, have patience. Understand that this pattern of self-loathing and doubt and negativity didn't happen overnight and it'll take some time to change your perception. Number seven, get support. Family and friends can cut through negative self-image very quickly. I find a few friends these days who tell me to my face when I'm feeling down or being too rough on myself. Number eight, allow for mistakes and setbacks. Remember, you're human. You will make mistakes. Just learn from them. Don't dwell on them. Move on. Dust yourself off. Get back up. Remember, you've got this. Number nine, do what you love or what you're good at. Doesn't matter what it is. Become great at something. Devote your time and attention to becoming greater, more skillful. Push yourself to be better than you were yesterday. The only race you have is with yourself, not other people. Number 10, forget perfection. Like I mentioned earlier, perfectionism is a form of self-hate, a result of a distorted of negative view of our own abilities. Number 11, practice daily affirmation. One that works for me is when I see a reflection of myself, it's just to say hello with a silent nod to yourself in the mirror or in a window, a simple smile. Just think to yourself, you got this, go get after it, will work wonders. With 12, be proud of your body. You've got one. Doesn't matter if you have six pack or 24 pack abs, it's yours. Embrace it, respect it. Don't compare yourself to others. Unhealthy body image is toxic as hell. Perhaps we should talk about that in another podcast. Number 13, do what's right for you. Doing the right thing means different things to different people. Certain things feel good when you're doing them, such as drinking, but they can also lead you down the path of self-loathing and self-pity. And finally, number 14, you are powerful in your own right. You have the power to choose any specific point of view. And like I said before, accept your self-hate isn't warranted and choose a different path. Like I said, there's a lot there. What methods do you use to combat self-hate? negative self-feelings negative down talk let me know I'd love to find out what happens with other people that brings us to today's crikey that's cool and this week it's another podcast this podcast is called the Jocko Podcast and it's hosted by Jocko Wilnick and Echo Charles here's an extract from its website Jocko Wilnick is a decorated retired Navy SEAL officer, author of the book Extreme Ownership, How US Navy SEALs Lead and Win, and co-founder of Echelon Front, where he's the leadership instructor, speaker, and executive coach. Jocko spent 20 years in US Navy SEAL teams, starting in as an enlisted SEAL and rising above the ranks to become a SEAL officer. Now I've read the book, Discipline Equals Freedom, and I got a ton of value from it excellent reading and his podcasts are full of great content with various guests from the military who often talk about different topics but they're usually centered around personal growth or overcoming difficulties and achieving against all odds i think they're up to around episode 267 so i've got a long way to go to catch up but give them a listen and see what value you get from it hopefully you enjoy it as much as i do 
And to finish off today's podcast, I have actually got a quote from Jocko, and it goes like this. You need to make sure you are competing for the strategic win, for the long-term win. So pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Finally, a quick disclaimer. The Theseus Project and myself are not professionals. If you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance, please, please, please seek the assistance from the emergency services. If you're in the UK, you can now self-refer to NHS Talking Therapies online. Just a quick search and you've taken the first step. Full disclaimer, I've done it. I found it very helpful and it gave me the umption I needed to start this very podcast. There is no shame and it is completely fine to ask for help. Remember, it is okay to not be okay. Feel free to contact us at The Theseus Project on Instagram, either by the comments or slide into the DMs with your thoughts on today's topic and any of our other podcasts. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. I look forward to exploring more mental health topics and cool stuff with you again soon.